Welcome everyone into another episode of the Three and Out Podcast. It's your host Chris Heil. Joined on the show also is the other co-host Justin Lanero. Justin, what's going on, buddy? Not too much, Chris. Everything's good. Getting ready to grind it out tonight, boys. Yes, we are. We have our first of the many CBS guests. We have the host of CBS podcast and TV show, uh, Adam Azer. Adam, what's going on, man? Not too much, man. You guys are already in football season. I'm still watching baseball, also getting ready for some football. But uh, everybody keeps telling me on Twitter it's time for fantasy football, so I guess here we are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a, a small minority of us that are football year round but it's just something I absolutely dream and live and breathe everything no there's a lot of you a lot of people <laughs> every time I tweet something about fantasy baseball there's at least one jerk who's like hey shut up about baseball already right like dude it's March yeah <laughs> I was mock drafting back in March people were laughing at me and I was like oh I'm addicted good for you it's healthy it is, it's not healthy, but thank you. <laughs> it's harmless. It's harmless still. Yeah, it's harmless. The better word for it. Alright, so, we are featured on fakepigskin.com. That's where you can find our podcast each and every week. Um, Adam, let everyone know a little bit about yourself. Obviously, I mentioned CBS. What's going on with you? You have any big promotions? Anything going on besides baseball? Um, you mean, you mean, am I getting promoted to like a bigger job? That would be cool. Yeah, there you go, race. Yeah, well, we have our fantasy party. If you're in the Foxborough area on August 23rd, it's a Saturday. Come to the CBS scene uh, at Gillette Stadium, or right right near it, and um, we're doing like raffles and live draft stuff, and it should be pretty fun. It's free. Uh, it's going on for for a while during that day on the 23rd, so you can come by pretty much any time. Check it out on CBSSports.com/slash/fantasyparty. We're going to be ramping up the podcast to three a week starting this week and then pretty soon four a week and then eventually five a week. Um, and then we got video shows actually uh, Wednesday. I don't know when people are going to be hearing this, but we're doing this Tuesday night. But on Wednesday, on uh, uh, July 23rd at noon Eastern, we're airing our show that we did from Hooters, which was freaking awesome. Um, and you can catch everything on demand. Just go to fantasynews.cbsports.com. It's like sleepers, breakouts, busts, mock draft review, stuff like that. Um so we got good stuff on the website. Man, it sounds like you were well rehearsed for that question. <laughs> no, cool. I don't know. I guess I've been saying it enough on the podcast, but now that was straight off the cuff. All right. Slow it. <laughs> so let's go ahead and talk about our first second year player, and um, we're going to talk about someone who's from played college in the state of Florida. Nice, uh, EJ Manuel. Oh, not so nice. <laughs> <laughs> and so. Adam, what are your expectations for him heading into the second season? I think he could have a better year, certainly. I mean, Sammy Watkins. Oh, I'm not drafting EJ Manuel. Make that clear. <laughs> uh, 14-team leagues. I could see taking him as a backup. Two quarterback leagues. Yeah, I think uh, I wouldn't want him to be my second quarterback, but I could see I could see it being the case. I'd rather him be my backup, even in a two-quarterback league, like, say, 12-team, two-quarterback. So, yeah, I would say not a top 24 guy for me. I think he could be better, um, but I think ultimately that's a running team. They ran the ball. I think they uh, ran the ball more than any other team, or maybe they had the second most rushing yards per game in the league last year. So a lot of touchdowns are going to go to Fred Jackson or C.J. Spiller. Therefore, Manuel might take a step up. I don't think he'll be too fantasy relevant. Right on. Um, 
Justin, let's go ahead and go with you on this topic real quick. Yeah, I'm not going to be uh, drafting EJ Manuel either unless it's a 14 or 16 team league. It's just, I think his ADP is somewhere around uh, 27th among quarterbacks. He does have a couple of favorable. All right, it sounds like we actually. Broncos. Oh, there you are. We lost you there for a second. You're kicking him off the show already, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, taking over for Justin. He does have, yeah, that's cool. Uh, can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can hear you now. He does have a couple favorable, uh, matchups with the, with the Chargers, Vikings, uh, Raiders, Chiefs, and Broncos. Um, I think there's a reason why they drafted him as early as they did last year. And we're going to have to see how it, it pans out. He's, uh, I read something today. He's 6'4", 247. Um, so he's kind of, he's, he's growing like Dante Culpepper. Um, they're, they're piecing some, uh, they went out and got Sammy Watkins, Mike Williams is there, they, Bryce Brown, so that seems like they're trying to establish some balance. Um, he's not gonna be a, he's probably gonna go undrafted in most leagues. Uh, he obviously had a knee issue last year, so if he plays 16 games, um, he has some potential, but I won't be drafting him. Um, I think he needs to take a step forward. The offense is designed for him to, to, to have a bust out sophomore year. Uh, we shall see. I think that he has potential to be a, not breakout player, but have a little more upside than people anticipated last year. With Mike Williams there, they lost Stevie Johnson, but they now have Sammy Watkins also and Robert Woods. I think he has a good chance to air out the ball a little more than people are maybe expecting and have that more balance than a run first. But I don't think he's going to be a top 12, top maybe even 15 quarterback. So he's going to be a great backup, and he'll be a great bye week replacement week in and week out. Uh, yeah, but, I don't know. I mean, the problem is it's like, you know, look at a guy like Ryan Tannehill, who is not really, I don't know how many radars he's on right now, but there are just so many quarterbacks. Like, you're looking at Dave and Jamie's rankings right now, and, Andy Dalton is 18 and 19 for them, and he was like the top four quarterback last year. So, yeah, Emmanuel, you know, on his own merits could be fine, but so could Eli Manning, so could Joe yeah. Flacco. These guys can make a case for almost every quarterback in the NFL that yeah. they could have a good year. So that's why Emmanuel's pretty pretty low in the in the totem pole. Josh McCown, I'm, I'm kind of high on Josh McCown myself. So he's in like the Alex Smith classification, maybe even Bradford. So the bottom of the bottom. But you could, if you had a rotation, you could certainly, you know, play him based on the matchups. Sir, and you said Ryan Tannehill, he's the most sacked quarterback last year. So yeah. I'm going to kind of shoo away from him. Yeah, but but they got, they're going to get better on the offensive line. I mean, they can't get any worse. Oh, you're right. You're they addressed right it in the draft. They they brought over uh, Brandon Albert to play left tackle. Actually, to, honestly, I, I think we're going to talk about this on the podcast tomorrow. Um, that's the one of the number one storylines for me going into the year is the Dolphins' offensive line. You look at the Chargers' offensive line from 2012 to 2013. They got a lot better, and their offense. I mean, Ryan Matthews was a big surprise. Philip Rivers was a big surprise. Keenan Allen was a big surprise. And the Dolphins bringing over an offensive coordinator who comes over from the Eagles. And they've got the pieces in place, in my opinion, whether it's Miller or Marino. They've got Mike Wallace. They're... They, Drafted a wide receiver. They have a decent tight end. I actually think that they they could. Ryan Tannehill is very interesting to me. I, I kind of want to draft him if I can in deeper formats. I don't. I don't always. I don't usually draft backup quarterbacks really. Um, 
But Tannehill's a guy that I think definitely could take the next step because that whole offense would get a lot better if their line plays better. Yeah. What do you know about that kid, Jarvis Landry? Yeah, not the not the fastest guy. I think more of a possession receiver. I, I kind of like Anquan Bolden. I expect in terms of fantasy production, not, not necessarily so similar because Bolden's huge. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think he's draftable. Really, I don't. I mean, maybe like a PPR league or maybe fourteen teams you're talking about. But uh, he's probably a guy you're going to want to see something first before you take a gamble on him. Sure. Justin, didn't we have an email or a question from someone in like the Florida area too? Yeah, we did actually. It's from uh, Cat in Lakeville, Delaware. Wanted to know um, if Brian Adams and Billy Joel had separate concerts at the University of Miami on the same night of uh, the uh, Canes Knowles game at Sun Life. Uh, what TV show would you be at home that night watching? <laughs> Is that for real, or do you guys just make that up? No, that was the email that got posted into us. That's freaking awesome. Um, okay, so Canes Knowles game, you're saying? And Billy yeah, Joel, Brian Adams, well, Brian Adams and Billy Joel have separate concerts at the University of Miami at Sun Life on the same night as the Canes Knowles game. Uh, what TV show would you be at home watching that night? Cat in Lakeville, Delaware, wants to know. Uh, probably, probably a Simpsons rerun. Or there, to be to be honest with you, there's no chance I wouldn't be at the Canes Knowles game. But uh, <laughs> but. Um, if I had to watch a TV show, God, I don't watch any current TV shows. I don't think so. I'd be, I'd be. Let's just say a Simpsons rerun. I got a bunch of those on my DVR. Dude, you got to check out True Detective. If you have HBO. Oh, I do watch that, but I'm just okay. assuming that's not in season. <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah, you're right. That's true. And actually, I read an article today that said FXX is having a 24-hour marathon of The Simpsons. If you guys have that channel, they're gonna play okay. every single episode of all time, so 500 plus episodes in order. And they're even going to play the movie when it came out in between the episodes and stuff. It's oh. pretty cool. Yeah, so, I'll, I'll stop watching once they get to, like, 2001. Right. <laughs> but that is pretty sweet. All right, so let's go ahead and move on, uh, switch gears here. Let's talk about Tavon Austin or Tavon Austin. And, um, Justin, we'll have you start off with, do you think he's going to have a bounce back year or are you still writing him off? I don't know. We've talked about him. Uh, in, in past shows, they went out and they got him real early last year. It was the eighth pick overall. He started off hot. He had 18 catches in the first three games, then he stretched out uh, 22 over the next 10. Uh, he str- he looked terrible on tape. Um, struggled with route running. I guess Schottenheimer is going to try to move him around as he should. Um, he's going to be getting the ball of the backfield. It's to be determined. I think that has a lot to do with what Sam Bradford. Uh, and how he performs. Um, they do have a running game. Um, they, they went on draft to Trey Mason. You obviously know Zach Stacey's going to be getting the, the bulk there. Um, Betty Cunningham is still there. I don't know. He's he's small. He, he's a top 60 wide receiver. Somebody's going to take him uh, real late. Uh, I think he's a, within a top 50 wide receiver. His ADP is around 131. He's not high on my list. Uh, he has the same. If you ever seen him, he reminds me of that. He's got the same frame as uh, Dante Hall in Kansas City. Just a very small, pinball type of guy. Uh, there's Austin Pettis is still there. Jared Cooks there. Brian Quick, Chris Givens. They went out and got the headache in uh, Kenny Britt. So who knows who's going to get the football? Um, 
I probably have to sit and wait. Uh, I'm not hot. I'm not too hot on, on Tavon Austin, to be honest with you, Chris. All right, and Adam, your thoughts on him, real quick. Uh, I wouldn't exactly say I'm high on him, but I'd say I'm intrigued. And if it gets to the point in your draft where you just don't really like any the wide receivers left, and you want to take a shot, I I would take a shot on Tavon Austin. Uh, you know, Sam Bradford hopefully will play a full season this year. And it's not like Austin was so good when they had Bradford. But I think the Rams acknowledge that they really screwed up in just not utilizing Tavon Austin as well as they should. I mean, we saw his talent. You see a few plays here and there where he gets the ball and he just goes. So I think he'll be more involved. And I think he's like a, say, a high-end number four receiver. Um but uh, I think definitely worth taking a gamble on maybe around, like, round 11 or so in a 12-team standard league, two receivers. Right. Yeah, you actually nailed it there with saying he's a high-end number four because he has a lot of upside, and he's going to be able to make huge plays week in and po- hopefully week out. Uh, he's more of a highlight reel kind of player, though, so that's the big thing about him is when he makes a play, it's a superstar type of play. Uh I think they're going to give him the ball more, and whether that means it's in screens or down the field or moving him around, I think they're really going to focus on getting that playmaker the ball, and it's going to be good that he's going to have Bradford on the field finally to capitalize uh, on his talent. So I would take him right where his ADP currently is, and I think that it can only go down personally because people are either going to write him off or not be big into him because he his preseason isn't going to be a huge highlight reel either. So that's just, I mean, it's kind of a tricky area because you don't want to go too early on someone like him or he really could be a total bust. Yeah. Yeah, you, you definitely don't want to reach for him. Hopefully you're, you're set at wide receiver. You feel good about the guys you have. Um, all right, how about this? Did you guys take uh, Odell Beckham Jr. or, or Tavon Austin? I like Beckham. I'd take Austin. You what? Yeah, how about you, Adam? Well, you know, one of the things I did in a recent draft, I actually took Ruben Randall and Odell Beckham Jr. and, like, being back-to-back rounds. Because I just figure one of them is going to emerge and the other is going to be kind of whatever. So I figure, like, I'll just drop one. If I knew who it was going to be, I mean, I guess you have to bet on Randall at this point. I think I would, I think I would go with Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, is it be yeah. the quarterback play, or what's the reasoning on that? Just curious. Um, because I think the Giants' passing game will get a lot better this year. The quarterback play will be better than St. Louis. Uh, and Odell Beckham Jr. was, you know, he was such a riser on draft day. He wasn't really considered a top 15 pick for a while. And then as the draft got closer and closer, there's all this talk about him going so much higher. The Giants took him, I think, 12th overall. And uh, I just know how Eli Manning relies on his outside receivers for, for touchdowns when everything's going right. So uh, I think he's got an opportunity there. If he can overtake Ruben Randall, who's been very inconsistent as the favored outside receiver. I'm a little skeptical of it. I think it'll be Randall. But uh, I'll take a shot on that. So when I look at his t- Tavon Austin's ADP, Emmanuel Sanders is getting selected right ahead of him, and then Brandon Cooks and Golden Tate are selected after him. So I, I think I'd rather ga- gamble with any of those three guys than Austin. But shortly after that is where I, I'd feel really safe with with Austin, and I feel that's going to happen in a lot of drafts. When someone sees you know Brandon Cooks or sees Golden Tate, they're going to take him ahead of Austin. 
Well, I don't think you can take Austin ahead of Golden Tate. That'd be insane. Golden Tate needs to be taken higher. There are a couple names. Golden Tate and Emmanuel Sanders are two guys that you have to get used to drafting a lot higher than you ever would have thought you would have because they're going to such better situations. So, you know, Tate Tate deserves to be well ahead of Tavon Austin. All right, and so let's go ahead and uh, we're talking about the Broncos there. Let's go ahead and talk about Monty Ball and, you Love know, is, is Love him. He's primed up for a big season here. Uh, oh yeah, enormous. I drafted Jimmy Graham over him in a in a mock draft, and I I was so mad at myself. I would much rather, I wouldn't say much rather. I'd rather have Monte Ball. He's good. Um, <laughs> year two in that offense. Peyton Manning <laughs> makes just about every running back that he's ever had awesome. So I have absolutely no issue taking him in the first round. I know a lot of people do. Uh, this guy, as long as he stays healthy, is going to have a huge year. I just don't see how he won't have a huge. I, I cannot see an argument against Monte Ball. No, you're you're absolutely right with that. Uh, every running back that Peyton Manning's had has been efficient for him and has been fantasy relevant. So, I mean, if you look at his low side, you're looking at maybe what 1,100 yards, six to eight touchdowns, and probably three or four hundred passing yards. And that's going to put you right up there with yeah. a top ten fantasy running back. So, oh, yeah. I, mean, I mean, that's his I think touchdowns would be a lot higher. You think? I mean, and that's like I said, that's just his downside of it. Right. I mean, you could say his ceiling's as high as twelve to you know twelve rushing touchdowns, which isn't. I mean, he led the N or the NCAA in rushing touchdowns. So, yep. So I mean, he really ha- his ceiling is enormous. Absolutely. Yeah. It's really more about just being part of that Broncos. Not taking anything away from him, but. Uh, he's better running back than Sean Marino, I'd say, and and Marino uh, was the number six running back in fantasy last year. And just you, do you have anything to cap on Moneyball, or are we all? So, you know, Moneyball. Here are the keys. Uh, it's it's his show. I think the biggest um, the skepticism surrounding Moneyball was is his ability to block. And now I think Peyton Manning here too has trust in him. We saw what he did at Wisconsin. He, he was a beast. So um, Peyton Manning has the ability to make a guy like. No, Sean Moreno looked like Gale Sayers. Um, he walked. He's in Miami. Um, I would draft Monty Ball as a top 10 pick as far as I'm concerned. I think he's, uh, Fantasy Pros has him at RB7. Um, his ADP somewhere around 13. Um, I, like Adam said, I can't see an argument. I'm saying he's going to have a bad year. Uh, I, I see something along the lines of, um, 200 and say 20, uh, carries. Over, well over a thousand yards and 10 to 12 touchdowns and he's going to have uh, 56, 50, 60 catches as well so he's pretty safe he's a first round uh, pick Alright, Adam, would you rather have Marshawn Lynch or Monte Ball? Uh, definitely Monte Ball uh, you know, Jamie's brought it up a lot he is, he is Marshawn Lynch as a guy he's kind of avoiding, just a lot of workload and uh, maybe more of a role for Kristen Michael so Marshawn Lynch to to us, he's kind of more of an early second round pick, whereas Monte Ball is maybe uh, like the eighth overall pick or anywhere after that. All right, and Justin, same for you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'd probably be happy with either of them. I think there's a chance for some regression with Lynch, and I do see Michael cutting into Lynch's workload. He's he's pushing thirty. It's only a matter of time until they scale back on his uh, volume. Alright, and Adam, of the second year backs, guys like Giovanni Bernard and Eddie Lacy and Moneyball, what, what guy are you wanting out of all those running backs? 
Oh, man, you know, I I would say Ball. I think Lacey's going to go ahead of him. And I just feel a little bit better about Ante Ball. I guess I would take Eddie Lacey ahead of him, although I feel like I'm being peer pressured into that. So maybe if I were doing my own <laughs> rankings, I would actually have Monte Ball ahead of Eddie Lacy. The thing about Lacy is that I'm I'm kind of concerned about his um, his injury history. I know he stayed pretty healthy last year. He had a minor injury. I mean, you t- I think he played like 14 games. You take that out of any running back. Um, but going into the year, I mean, I remember talking to Pat Kerwin, who's one of our NFL insiders, before he played. You know, he was just before the season started. He said he was worried about Lacy. Um, so I think that's a concern. And if you guys listen to the, my pod, to our podcast, you'd know I don't like taking injury risks in the first couple of rounds. So um, I think Ball is the one I really want. I'm fine with all of them, including Zach Stacy. Although there's something seemed a little fluky about Zach Stacy to me last year, but uh, I think you look at Ball, you look at Bell. Le'Veon Bell looks like he could be in for a really big year. I I like running backs who catch a lot of passes. And, Bell has shown that ability. It means even when they're not running the ball well, they still can have productive games for you. Um, I, I really think that the second-year running back is going to be interesting. It looks like a really, really good crop. And if they fall short of expectations, then we're going to have to start doing some type of study on second-year running backs because recently there have been very mixed, disappointing results. Guys like Trent Richardson um, falling off a little bit in their second year. But I, I like them all, to, to answer your question. I honestly do. All right. And so... Adam, we can go ahead and let you, uh, I know you're running close on time, so we'll let you hop off here. Um, let people know why to listen to your podcast. I mean, you do have the Fantasy Sports Writer of the Year last year on your on your show, right? Oh, we sure do. Um, and, uh, yeah, Dave and Jamie do a great job. They're, they're the best. I mean, they're so dedicated and they know everything. And it's, it's awesome. They just, they come up with, with uh, angles and, and uh, explanations and theories that you just never would have really thought of, and it just kind of changes things for fantasy, and it's, it's just cool. We also get along really well. The three of us are really good friends, um, and that's not a lie. So you'll hear that, I think, reflected in the podcast. We have a lot of fun, but we, we keep it mostly serious. I mean, our goal is to help you win your league. So for me, as I as I produce the show, I, I think let's help people win their league, and then we'll worry about having fun and goofing off and whatever. So we keep it serious enough, and... uh um, I think you're the yeah, only I mean, one that's I, ever I serious just, on the show. What's that? You're the only one that's ever serious on the show. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. They, they keep it pretty serious. And if you look, I mean, everybody wants to hear about Brian Adams and Billy Joel, so I just don't know any other fantasy sports podcast where you can get that. That's a riot. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for Thank hopping on, Adam. We had a pleasure having you on. Yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. I hope to do it again I'll, soon. I'll see you at the end of August, Adam. Yes, August 23rd, cbsports.com slash fantasy party. Justin will be there, and everybody come see him. Yeah, buddy. (laughs) All right, see you guys. Later, Adam. All right, Justin, so let's go ahead and move on to our next guy here. We're going to talk a little bit about Giovanni Bernard and what our kind of expectation is for him moving into this next season. You know, heading into this season, or prior to May, um, we were talking about 300 touches for Gio. And then they go out and they draft Jeremy Hill in the second round, who I think is going to steal probably six to ten touchdowns. It's realistic. Um, there is going to be a leap. Uh, Marvin Lewis said it, uh, similar to what Ray Rice did from his uh, first to second year. Um, I can see an increase over 100 carries. Um, he's going to be, ha- they'd be foolish not to involve him, um, Chris. 
he needs to get the ball and he needs to get the ball often. Um, if he doesn't go at the end of round one, which is probably, I mean, people that really love him are going to do that. He's going to be gone by the middle of round two in redrafts. Um, this is a guy that's going to get the ball 220, 230 times. Um, he's capable of having 60 to 70 receptions. I could see 12 to 15 total touchdowns. Um, very possible, very possible. Um, I'm very high on Bernard. Uh, I love him, permitting that he gets the ball early and often. Um, he's just another, it seems like he's another victim of a committee. And um, I, I don't know why they, I think went out and got Jeremy Hill to replace the law firm. Um, Jeremy Hill is a, a skilled guy. So they weren't fooling around. And, um, you know, the additional probably keep Gio uh, fresh. But I'm very high on Gio Bernard. Uh, he's he, He's got all the talent in the world, and I like to see him featured in the, in the passing game heavily as well. Oh, man. The, the situation is very exactly like you said. The, it's a crowded backfield, and so it depends on what happens with um, Green Ellis there. If Green Ellis stays, I do get a bit worried about when Bernard's going to be or when he's going to be on the field and what packages he's going to be in. And the preseason's really going to show a lot of that. I like Bernard a lot more in PPR leagues compared to a standard league, uh, but he is a playmaker, so there is a lot to love about him. I'm not crazy about taking him in the first round. I would be very satisfied if he was my second running back, and I know a lot of people are safe with him being their number one running back. I, I'm a little more safe with him being my second running back because I feel that is a correct ADP for him. I feel like he was hyped up a little more than maybe he should have been, but the wide, but the running back isn't as deep as I would I would want it to be either. So it's kind of a weird catch-22 this year for him. Right. And they switched offensive coordinators, so Hugh Jackson's there now. We're going to have to see how he handles them. Um, and it's just another NFL um, platoon for a backfield, so it should come as no surprise that there's another one uh, going on here, and I, I think the jury's still out on uh, Ben Jarvis Green Ellis as far as what they're going to do with them. So, yeah, so which I'll see, Chris. Yeah, it's very interesting, and so he's a, I mean, what the offense does during preseason is really going to be a, a big situation, and everyone should pay attention to who's getting the goal line carries, if, is it Jeremy Hill, is it Green Ellis, uh, you know, and all that it's who takes the first snaps, you know, who's in on third down, which I would assume Giovanni would be in on third down. But yep. all the situations uh, do matter, so I would keep major attention to those. Absolutely. And so let's go ahead and go with our next guy here and our final guy, Keenan Allen. I'll start off first. I read the stat today, and I'm not as big on the Keenan Allen as a lot of people are, but I read the stat, and it's very interesting, and it's from John Paulson from 4 for 4. He wrote, Keenan Allen got off to a slow start, but averaged five catches a game, 79 yards, and .67 points per, for a touchdown a game. So he averaged over 50% of the time, 67% of the time he was going to score more or less. He came up with wide receiver 10 numbers. So he was the number 10 wide receiver overall in his final 15 games. That right there is very appealing to me because, you know, he started off as a rookie. You know, it took him just a couple games to figure it out, and then he came in as hot as can be. Yeah. I think his ADP is still too high for me, though. Yeah. So no, I, I, that's I my, don't know. you gotta, you got to put him in the top 12 or 15, I think, Chris. But there is some skepticism around him as well. 
what, what do you like? Uh, what do you think about him, Justin? And I'll kind of well, go off you and see what we think here. Yeah, I mean, so he started. He had three catches in the first three games, um, and then, like you said, Chris, he came on like gangbusters. So the reason why I like Keenan Allen, and um, he, he well, first of all, he doesn't. He's, he's not a guy that's going to stretch the field uh, well at all. But he kind of fits. Well, with with what Philip Rivers does, and that's that kind of dink and dunk um, routes under twenty yards. So it's a it's kind of a perfect marriage. Now this is a kid that fell to the third round last year in the NFL draft, um, and he's he's been a pleasant surprise. I'm going to throw him in the mix um, with guys like Victor Cruz, um, Welker, Garcon. He's in that fifteen to thirteen to say sixteen, um, and it could. Go, I would be happy with Keenan Allen on my team. I think he's going to get fed the ball a ton. Um, I could see him having 80 catches, 1,100 yards, eight touchdowns, something along those lines, and I, I think you'll be happy with him. Would you rather have him or Garcon? Well, that's, a, that's a great question. And, I, geez, if you asked me last year, I would probably say Pierre Garcon. I'm, um, with, with the DJX edition and, and Andre Roberts and they're going to get Jordan Reed involved in Washington. Um, Keenan Allen seems like he's going to be the guy, the wide receiver in San Diego. I mean, you're going to get production out of their tight ends with Gates and with Darius Green, but, um, that's a, that's actually a great question. Um, we know what Pierre Garcon did last year. He got targeted more than anybody. I think those numbers are going to drop and they might drop by 20 or 25, uh, targets. Uh, flip a coin for my money. If, even if Garcon uh, has 2025, 20, uh, less throws to him. He's still looking at, at like absolutely insane numbers. Yep. So I still, I, I like Garcon more than Allen and it's an offense that I just, I feel like RG3 likes him a lot more. And you know, when it comes to the red zone for San Diego, Keenan Allen isn't a big red zone threat as compared to like Green or Gates. Um, yep. You know, also you have to look at Woodhead and Matthews. So I'm more on the Garcon side of that. And like I said, I'm not 100% sold into Allen still. I mean, the, I understand the numbers are talking to me here and I'm surely listening, but I, I would take Allen over someone like Vincent Jackson, not Garcon, but I would, you know, Larry Fitzgerald is another person who I'd kind of be in a coin flip between Keenan Allen and Larry Fitzgerald. That's a, I mean, to me, that is a, you know, right where you are too. So yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. everyone values each player a little different, and I'm just not 100 percent sold on Allen. And I think that he could have a bit of a reduction this upcoming season. So very, very interesting. Did you want to talk about? Or do we have time tonight to talk about a couple more guys for us? Yeah. Um, well, well, we'll go ahead and wrap up this podcast, and we might actually go ahead and throw out another one, and we'll see where we get. So. Let's go ahead and wrap this one up. Justin, let everyone know a little bit about what's going on, uh, where they find their stuff, different things along those lines. Well, we both write for fakepigskin.com. The draft guide just came out. Um, that's a must-buy, over 300 pages of content. Chris and I are grinding out podcasts with phenomenal guests uh, weekly, and we have been, it seems like, since January. Um, August, we're gonna, we will have Sigmund Bloom. Nathan Zagura, Dave Richard, Jamie Eisenberg. I'm doing some name dropping. We have a one hell of a lineup um, for August heading into week one. I think tensions are running high. 
Chris and I are anticipating um, week one, uh, but we're continuing to bring uh, fantastic content weekly. All right, so yeah, make sure you check out Justin at Lanero underscore Justin on Twitter. Uh, you can find myself at the Grizzly Beard, and don't forget to check out at FakePigskin.com. Uh, but before we let you guys off, uh, make sure you do check out the draft guide. Me and Justin put a lot of time and effort into that, and it's only five dollars. We have three hundred plus pages on there. Plus, it talks that we have an ad of our podcast, so certainly check it out. And we thank you for listening each and every week. If you are listening to the podcast, tell us where you found the podcast. You know, who retweeted it, that type of thing. Let us know what's going on. Uh, we'll certainly give them a shout out on our next podcast. We appreciate you listening, and thanks yeah. for tuning in, everyone. Later.